Hello, my name is Katie, and this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Here is where we have weekly conversations with the people I love most from the internet. We navigate all the things we wish we knew when we were 20, and my goal is to help you avoid heartache, go further faster, and have a more joy-filled life. Do we like that new intro? I just came up with it. I don't love the little jingle that I have anymore. I don't know. That's the joy of a podcast. You get to change and grow as your audience evolve, as you evolve and grow. So anyway, I'm going to do that for the foreseeable future. So I hope you like it. And one thing I am trying to do is share reviews of the week. So I am continually asking you guys to leave reviews on the internet and I just thought this would be a fun challenge for this week. So, you know, I often ask for reviews. That would be great. It helps other people find us. It's just such a blessing when you're able to leave a review. But I know a lot of people like get to the reviews and like, I don't know what to say. Okay, so here's what would make my heart so happy. I have a teenager and they always say these things, you know, like that this is slay. This is bus and bus and this is dope. My friends, you would make my day. If you go to iTunes and just as simple, however you want to say it, like this podcast is dope, whatever you like, just simple (laughs) in your little teenage slang or whatever, maybe your younger sisters, something funny. It's rad. It's tubular. I don't know. Just please do that for me. It would make my heart so happy to read those comments on the internet. But before I ask for that, I got this sweet review from Aaron. It says, if you want honest and relatable dating advice, this podcast is for you. Katie explains how to date in a way that honors God without coming across too preachy and without judgment. This is the podcast I wish I listened to in my twenties. I love that. Thank you so much for that review. That is my true heart. Hopefully if you hung around here a while, you know, that is my passion. Like I just want to speak the truth wrapped in love. All the things I wish I knew when I was 20. And this episode is for sure that we are talking about your inner control freak. Somebody, can I get an amen? We know how real that is. So I am excited about today's episode. But one more like housekeeping announcement. I am doing a live mentoring event. This Friday, March 3rd, a live Zoom where you log on like you would a normal Zoom event. And it's basically just a Q&A. We can talk about boys. We can talk about faith. We can talk about finding your calling. I had a mentoring call this week and it was all about, I want to be brave on the internet. I want to, you know, speak up. I want to have a blog. I want to have a podcast. I want to help you get there. I want to help you have clarity when it comes to dating. I want to be a voice (laughs) that I needed when I was younger. And I hope that that serves you. So we are going to record it and it will be aired right here on the podcast. So basically just a bunch of girl conversation live at a Zoom. All the link is in my profile and I will also put the link here in the show notes for you to sign up. If you cannot make the live call, the the episode will still be sent to you. However, I encourage you to make the live call so you can ask questions and be on the podcast. So make sure you check that out. It is this Friday. So if you're listening on a Tuesday when this airs, remember it is live this Friday. Okay, here is today's episode. Tara, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. You are a joy. I'm so pumped to be here and talk. So thanks. Oh, well, the same is true for you. You're such a joy. I cannot wait to talk to my inner control freak, sometimes not so inner. Yes. (laughs) And all the things that you talk about. But before we do, maybe just like a little bit about you and how you got to what you're doing today. 
Yeah, no, thanks so much for that. Um, my name is Tara, um, Tara Sun. I live over here in Oregon, so very much West Coast life. Um, my husband and I are parents to a almost one-year-old hunter, which is really wild. Um, I feel like the first year has flown by, and Katie, I'm sure you can attest, like the life of, of your child just flies by. So yes. <laughs> we're just, we're just, um, we're momming and ministry over here. Um, I am the author of Surrender Your Story ditch the myth of control and discover freedom and trusting God that's releasing on March 7th. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about that. The inner control freak, that is me. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this today. I'm also a podcast host as well. And to my show called Truth Talks with Tara, we have a lot of fun just basically over everything, the podcast, Instagram, all the things, just helping women do three things. And that's just know God's word, love God's word and live God's word. So we're big, like Bible study nerds over here, but, um, yeah, that's just like me in a very short nutshell. (laughs) I I love it. And so I love that you decided to kind of hone in on your book about ditching this myth of control and stuff like that. That is so real. I feel like I have conversations almost on the daily. I do mentoring and stuff. And when you boil down what people are are facing or whatever, it's that struggle with control and fear, like it all wraps itself together. But I'm curious why you decided to kind of park there and write a book on it. Yeah. Now this question is one that I get often and I'm so glad because it's not like an easy thing. Like you said, like, I know we all struggle with it, but it's something that we don't want to admit. And it's not just me saying like, oh, well, we all have problems. Like this was born, this book. And the reason why I wanted to share this was born out of not only like God, like pushing me to do it, but also my own struggle with control. And I didn't even realize I had a problem with control. And so through various things like having a chronic illness diagnosis when I was really young and then dropping out of college and just a lot of things not going my way, right? I'm doing air quotes, not my way, but always God's way. I just realized that like, I thought I was in control and a lot of the good things in my life weren't happening. And so it really led me to question like, is God good? Does he have a good plan for me? Um, And it also called me to be like, I am holding on with this death grip to my life when God's word tells us in Luke 9, 23, which is what the book is based off of that. If anyone wants to come after him, that they must take up their crosses, deny themselves and follow Jesus. And so I'm like, okay, this is what it really means to be a Christian. And so that's kind of what really drew me to write this. And, um, it's been not only so eye opening, um, to my life, but I just, I hope many who will read it. And you at a young age walk through a difficult diagnosis. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that shaped your view on everything? Yeah. You know, anyone that you talk to that has a chronic illness or any of those unexpected things, especially at a young age, um, it totally, it's such a transformative time of your life or transformative time, excuse me, of your life. And for me, I was 14 when I was diagnosed with a chronic illness that basically is just an overall body, like fatigue and pain. And um, I was 14. So that was like my first year of high school and I missed my first year of high school. I literally like laid in bed that first year. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I was super active. I, I danced all the way through high school. Um, even as a young child, um, life was really easy. I was, I was in great health and then this happened. And, um, so walking through the chronic illness was the biggest wrench thrown into my plans because ever since then, my life has never been the same. Um, and so that was really hard for me to reckon with and also reckon with the goodness of God and why he would allow illness and why he would allow struggle. And so dealing with that 
really taught me that that art of surrender and, and how difficult that is. But yeah, so chronic illness has been a part of my life for a long time. But I think anyone listening that has any kind of illness or honestly going through any struggle, um, it's kind of incredible how God uses that to shape you. Sometimes not in, in the prettiest or funnest ways, but um, he always does. Yeah. I want you to, I just wrote down when you said this, um, kind of unpack that, like, why would God allow this? Because we've had a podcast episode about this before. And I think that yeah. especially people who are young in their faith, they, that is the most arguable question. Like, oh, well, if there's yes. a good God, then why, you know, you seem like a great person. Why would this beautiful girl in California mm-hmm. who's a dancer, like, why would she have this? Um, you know, why, why not give it to some mean murderer out there, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like, how do you reconcile with that? And and what does that tell you? Yeah. You know, growing up, I I knew that, like I knew in my head that God was who he said he was, that he was good. He was loving all these things. But then when you're faced with something like that, you start to question everything. And that's because I was putting my hope in my circumstances and not my God. And, you know, we read verses in the word about like, you know, like God is loving that God, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, the most, one of the most popular verses, like God has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. And then like stuff like this happens and you're like, that's harming me, Lord. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And I think what we need to come back to is just where we began really is that God is good at his core. That's who he is. Um, but we as humanity made the choice to step away from that, right? And so ever since the fall, there was this kind of like this rift and this wrench thrown into the plans, right? And so sin entered the picture. And sure, God is all powerful. He could have stopped it, but he foresaw this as an opportunity to save us and then renew and redeem the bad. And I think that's really cool about our Lord is that even in the presence of bad, that he doesn't waste it and that he wants to renew it. And so that's what he did in our lives. And so when someone asks, why is God like treating me like this? Or why is he allowing this? Like it's actually out of the goodness of his heart that he wouldn't waste our mistakes, you know? And so for me to reconcile the fact that God let this happen I'm like, okay, well, God, like your goodness and your plan is not dependent on my circumstances. It's dependent on who you are and that you're unchanging. And granted, I didn't come to that conclusion right away, right? It took years. And sometimes I still do have to remind myself of that. Um, But just remembering that we put our hope so much in our circumstances when God is who he says he is and he's unchanging and that like the world will tell us that, you know, God is only good when things are going the way we want, but God is good in spite of that. And Mm -hmm. no one else can say that about any religion they're a part of that. Like God would not want to waste these opportunities. And he actually makes us stronger through them because I always think like if God wouldn't have brought this in my life, I wouldn't have learned surrender and dependence on God in the ways that I have. And so it's a really cool renewal um, and redemption because God is, God is our redeemer. So good. Uh, we talked about this, but we went to the, in Kentucky over here on the East coast, there's a creation museum and the Noah's Ark museum. It's super cool. And that was just walking through and like literally seeing, you know, just pictures and thought process of why, why we kind of bad things happen. And when sin entered the world and all things you're talking about, and Noah's Ark and the wiping out of humanity, like it's all crazy and fascinating. And as you said, um, a big redemption story too. And, 
Yeah. I just think that you said that so beautifully. And, and yeah, looking back at my own life, some of the things I cried about are some of the things I'm most thankful for today, for sure. Right. Right. And you know, a lot of times I'm like, I wish that in the moment I could remember that, like, okay, like, Lord, I know that you have a good plan and that it's going to happen, but sometimes it's hard in the middle of it. Um, but most of the time, if not all the time, we can look back on those things and see, okay, cool. Like, I'm so glad that God did that. It was really hard in the middle of it. Um, but if we can just have like the eternal perspective to know that God will work all things out for our good and his glory. Um, but again, really hard, easier said than done in in the thick of it. <laughs> I'm laughing because I listened to a podcast episode today and he, um, it was a couple and they were talking about their kids in the backseat, like little kids and a fly got into the car and they were yeah. freaking out as if it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex, like, oh my God, we're gonna die, as a fly. And like, it was just such a parallel of the way sometimes we are with God, like, in the back seat, yeah. in our car seat, like, ah, we're going to die. And he's like, it's going to be okay. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I literally love that analogy. I love it because I, in the book, have talked so many times about like this idea of a steering wheel. Like God is the one in the, ste- like in the, like the driver's seat. We get to be in the passenger seat, sometimes in the back seat. But like we often with this idea of control, we try to like yank the steering wheel away from the Lord. And like, we might get along okay, but like, we're going to hit like a lot of like curves and things we're not prepared for. We might like drive off the road when like God always, like there might be U-turns in our story, but he always makes straight paths and he's way better at driving and having the steering wheel than we are in our lives. But like, that's like such a good analogy, like for so many things, like the driving in the car and (laughs) so good. Yes. All right. So speaking of that though, I love how you talk about in the book about this idea of girl bossing and how we are potentially sending some hurtful messages when it comes to this. And, you know, um, I'm a female entrepreneur, like some, I get it, but I also, I get both sides. So anyway, I'd love for you to just kind of yes. unpack what, what you talk about there. Yeah. And exactly. I'm, I'm right there with you. I love yeah. getting to do what I do, like business ministry. It's also exciting. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having big goals and big dreams and desires and being entrepreneurial minded or any of those things. But the world is feeding us messages like, you know, maybe you've heard them before, like manifest your destiny or girl boss, or it's my boss babe era. Like we're in a really big social media trend of like, this is my era, right? Okay. And like, it can be fun and harmless, but then also those things, if we're not keeping our hearts in check, like can actually start hurting us. And that's this myth of control. Like Another one is like, why wait when you can have it now? All of these messages are actually feeding that little, little monster inside of us that says that we have control over our lives. And it's really funny because a lot of them are also kind of infiltrating the Christian church. I mean, when I say that, I mean, just like some of us, even as believers start to believe that, like we may say, oh yeah, manifestation, new age stuff, like that's not a part of the Lord. But then we start to believe some of these messages. Like I'm a girl boss. I'm not, I'm not going to stop for anything. Like I'm following my lead and we live that way. Um, and so it's actually damaging us a lot because when we live out of this idea, I'm a girl boss, I'm not going to wait for anything following my own lead. It's really taking God out of the picture. And we do this because we want to hit goals. We want to find purpose. We want to find fulfillment. And we want to like, a lot of times we hustle so that we can rest, right? We say that like, I'm going to work really hard so I can rest. So we're looking for rest. We're looking for fulfillment and purpose out of it. When actually God says that the way to actually find the abundant life that he came to bring in John 10, 10 is not from control. It's actually from letting go. And as cheesy as it sounds, letting God. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. 
which is easier yeah. said than done. <laughs> For sure. And like, I definitely don't want it to make it sound like, you know, in this conversation that it's easy because surrender may be one of the hardest things you do, but like you literally, like I just told a friend this the other day, like it might be one of the hardest things you do, but it is one of the best things you can do. And it also is something that you don't have to do on your own because, you know, ladies listening to this, I know like you're very like entrepreneurial, you're very go-getter and you're in different seasons of life, whether you're married, kids, whatever. And it might feel like I just have another thing to add on my plate and surrender just seems too hard to just add on my plate. But I just want to tell you that like, you're not left alone to your own devices. Like God has you and this is what God created you for. And so God is surely going to help you do it. And so that kind of removes the overwhelm of like, this seems really hard, but you don't have to do it on your own. Thinking about that song lyric, like I found my life when I laid it down, you know, like John 10, 10, basically, you know, like when we surrender, yeah. I'm also, you might talked about some of those confusing and potentially like, yeah, some of it can be harmless and whatever, but then when it becomes like this manifestation, whatever, anyway, one of those things that used to really get under my skin is you deserve it. And it got under my skin so bad because like, I think about the king of the world who could have been born to a palace with a million <laughs> servants at his bedside was born in a stinky manger, you know, with just these so many yeah. things so ironic of the way we expected. We expected a king. We expected a palace. We expected a ruler. Mm-hmm. And he was a regular guy born in a sneaky manger. And we're all we're over here like, yeah, but I deserve a $50 tube of lipstick. Like there's nothing wrong with a $50 <laughs> tube of lipstick, but if you can't pay your rent, like, yeah. is that a good decision? You know? <laughs> sure. Sure. That's a word. That's a word. No, I love that because, oh, we talk about in the book a lot, like Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, one of my favorite passages, like we got to remember where we started because where we start in Christ determines where we continue with Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 tells us that it's by grace we've been saved through faith. It's not a result of our works. And so when we try to control and strive and all these things and manifest, we believe that it is of our own works that we achieve anything. But Paul tells us that it is by grace we've been saved. And then the cool thing is that in verse 10, he doesn't like leave it there. He says, actually, because of the grace you've been saved in, you were created for good works to go out and do it, but in the strength of the Lord, right? You talked about how the book is based on, is it Luke 9? Is that right? Yeah. Luke 9, 23. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that for you. I know you kind of talk about like living the Luke 9 life. Like maybe you could just unpack that a little bit. Yeah. You know, this is one of the coolest realizations I've ever had with the Lord. And when I was on my own journey to surrender, like I had read and heard this verse so many times and in the other gospels, Mark and Matthew, like they have a similar version of this verse too. But I remember reading one day and I read this and it was Jesus talking to his disciples. And there's so much that he says to his disciples. But for some reason, this really stuck out to me because they were asking the Lord, you know, what it takes, what it means to follow him. And like when we talk about living life with Jesus, it's about following him. And so I remember reading that and I'm like, this is really cool because this is what it means to follow the Lord. He said, literally, if you want to follow me, these are the steps. And so to live the Luke 9, 23 life, the Luke 9 life is to do a few things. And that is to take up our crosses, which I explain a lot of this in the book, but taking up our crosses means counting the cost. Like, do you believe in your heart that's worth it to follow Mm -hmm. God? Like whatever may come, right? Because sometimes it's not sunshine and rainbows to follow the Lord. And then number two, deny yourself. Okay. So that means die to yourself. So are you willing to die to yourself? And that literally means give up your personal control. Okay. And then three is to follow the Lord. So whatever may come following him, walking behind his footsteps. And so that is literally summed up of the Christian life. Like that's what it means to be a disciple of God. 
And I love too how John Mark Comer says it like a disciple or an apprentice of the Lord is someone who basically just follows in his footsteps, someone who is walking with him day by day and learning from him. And so this is really, I'm like, not only like the key to surrender, but this is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Yeah. Oh, I love how you unpack that. I don't think I've heard it said like that, but yeah, you're encompassing all of the major points like right there. So yeah. 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 And I I love John Mark Comer. (laughs) So good. So good. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is where that like apprentice idea came from. I read that book last year after I um, finished turning in. Well, actually, it might have been before when I was in the thick of writing my manuscript for this book. And like I was just there were moments where I was just like hustling and striving and like that's my MO, you know, like I usually like that's how I usually operate. I feel like I'm I'm all that. Um, So God really taught me a lot of stuff like stop striving. Like, where's your identity? And um, it was really influential for me. <laughs> well, that was my next question. You know, this whole idea of hurry and to with everything, there is a balance, right? Yes. You know, you had a book deadline. Of course, there are times when you hustle, so yeah. to speak, like none of this is bad, but yeah. with anything, there's extremes and there's unhealthy balances and stuff. So anyway, right. relating to that book, I know you talk um, in your book as well, just about like what it looks like to slow down and just have that stillness. Like I'd love for you to unpack what that looks like in your life. Absolutely. One of my favorite chapters is entitled Walking at God's Pace. Um, and I love that because we talk about a character from God's word who really embodied what it meant to walk at God's pace and not rush ahead of him. And I think this like patience goes hand in hand with surrender. So when we think about someone who has an, like a grasp on control and a hard time letting go and trusting God, it's someone who's impatient usually, right? Like raise your yeah. hand. Like if you've done this, like you like know something's going to happen or you have a good goal, but like God doesn't seem to be expediting it in your timing. So you want to be impatient, right? Okay. I'm raising my hand. We both are <laughs> like, you want to expedite that and you want to like take control and move ahead without consulting the Lord and without walking with him. And so patience is really the key that helps us surrender. So there's a lot of things I talk about in the book that are like supporting characters. So surrender is like the main character, but there's a lot of things like trust and patience and all these things that like support, like they're supporting characters. (laughs) They're supporting characters in the story to help us surrender. And patience is one of those things that really frees us up because when we're impatient, we just like run ourselves ragged and we get weary and we start striving and it just never turns out the way we want. But patience is something where we can not sit back without doing anything, but in a way sit back and be like, okay, God's in control and he has a better timing than I do. And so just not hurrying because a lot of times we can miss out on the things like that are here now, right in front of us. If we hurry, And I think a good misconception about surrender is some people think like it's passive, but surrender is so active. Patience is actually really active. Waiting is active because you're waiting on the Lord and you're also just following him day by day. I wrote this one line in the book where it's like, following God and like, is like walking behind a leader. Like you have God who's never going to let you down and he's guiding you on the greatest path. And so you're actively walking, right? But you're walking behind a leader who is showing you the way to go. So you're still active. You're still living your faith, but you're surrendered by following his ways and not your own. I'm just thinking about just obedience. I guess the things that aren't glamorous. So like going back to Noah, like how many years he's building that boat when everyone thought he was crazy, when it didn't make any sense, when I just, there's so much that goes into our lives that are not the Instagram worthy posts that are not the spiritual highs that like, there's just, 
but it, that has to happen for the good stuff. You know what I mean? Like you have to train for the marathon when yes. it doesn't feel good, when the weather's bad, when it sucks to cross that finish line. Like I, I just, yes. I don't know. We don't, we don't concentrate that enough in our, in our culture because it's all about the likes and the, yes. like the, the winning moment, the pinnacles, the top of the mountains, That's when so good. you have, you can't get there by snapping your fingers. Like it takes the gunk to get there. Do you know that you can book a call with me? Yep. Just you and me. We can talk about boys or faith or finding your calling or what you want to be when you grow up or anything in between. My passion, as you know, from this podcast is to be who I needed when I was younger. And I book online mentoring calls all throughout the week. I have a calendar where you pick a time that works for you and we just set a phone call date and make it happen. Usually I'm walking around my neighborhood. You can do whatever you want, but we're going to just get to all the good stuff. Sometimes all you need is an unbiased third party who has your best interest at heart. I want to be your adopted mom, cool aunt, best friend, whatever you want to call me, but let's get real. Let's get honest. I would love to be your mentor. Check all the information at katiebulmer.life. No, that's so good. And we need to be reminded of that because we're just like instant result kind of people. And when you were talking about that, Katie, I was like, so encouraged, but also thinking like I had this revelation when I had finished writing the book and I'm like, just because you can, doesn't mean that God wants you to like, we're in this world of like, I have the ability to, you know, do this or that. Like I have the ability to maybe make six figures and like hustle and strive and, you know, do this or that. But like, is that what God wants you to do? Like, are we yielded to the spirit? Are we surrendered to what he has for us? Because we've been given abilities and gifts and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's in our God given DNA. But sometimes we take that and we don't consult the Lord with how we live, you know? And so I love that you said that because we're so obsessed with the results and the bigger things that sometimes we don't like sit back and ask the Lord, like, is this really what you want me to be doing? You know? Yeah, we are living that right now. So I'm like all in my feels because our youngest daughter um, plays volleyball and she made a a, a good team, a competitive, but she's been a a bench warmer on that competitive team. And so Mm -hmm. she's like, so determined. And it's, it, I feel like I've just seen a huge change in her. It's been like, she's been outside mm. practicing when it's cold. She's been outside practicing when it gets wow. dark. She's like, I want to make the starting lineup on this team. And she's determined. And it's like, and I told yeah. her like almost every time I'm like, I'm, you're inspiring me. Like, I'm so proud that like, she yeah. could just be like, well, whatever, like I'm, that's fine. I'll just sit on the bench or I don't know. She could have just given up in so many different ways. And yeah. Yeah. That, that determination, that, that's hitting the ball when our hands are frozen, like that over and over again, like whether, whether it leads to what she wants or not, it will make her a better player and a better person. And I'm just like proud mama over here at getting in all my feels. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you should be. And that's the really cool thing about this. That's like, there's nothing wrong with working hard. Like Proverbs tells us that like, it's like, woe to the sluggard. Like literally God doesn't. God doesn't approve of someone who's just lazy and doesn't do anything. So we're not talking about like this lazy faith, but it's like planning and having dreams and desires are good things. But it's like walking with God in that and being like, I think the biggest key is like planning, following the Lord, like walking every day with him. But like surrender looks like a lot of when he does something that you didn't expect, being willing to follow him on that other route. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things because some people are like, well, I don't really know what to do. So I'm just going to sit here. I'm like, no, no, like follow God's word, like be obedient every day, but like practice that surrender muscle in the big and the small things. And then when something doesn't go according to your plan, be like, okay, Lord, like, you know, so I'm just, I'm going to take a detour, but really it's not a detour. Cause like you knew the whole time. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I want to talk about that too, then, because 
obviously all of these things are a balance. Obviously you need to, you know, yeah. trust where God's leading you. There's this hustle culture yeah. that can be toxic, but yes, you don't want to sit on your hands. Um, you talk about like kind of God's will 101, like discovering mm-hmm. the plans for your life, which is the million dollar question. And and I know that right. you have a lot of good wisdom for that. So I'd love for you to maybe just unpack because, you, you know, most of our listeners are 20 somethings and they're trying to figure yeah. out like, yeah. what does this mean? What are my next steps? Yeah, No, I'm right there with you. Like, I mean, no matter what stage you're in, I feel like you could be, you could be like 10 and then you could be like a hundred and you're like, yeah. what is God's will for me? And we have this whole chapter, which I, I say this all the time, like there are books on this and obviously God's word is the authority on this, but like, we just have one chapter on it, but we talk about God's will. So we say a lot of times it's like, okay, so I'm going to surrender and follow the Lord. But like, what is that plan for me? You know, like, what is that? And we, it's like the scavenger hunt, but like, I just want to like, want to free you up here and tell you that like God's will is not a scavenger hunt. Like, it's not something for you to be like, I just, I need to strive and like, find it. Like God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Like we're told in second Peter. So God has two, like two wills, which is kind of weird, but like, it like makes sense in the book and stuff, but like, I'll kind of break it down here. So there's two wills of God. There's the hidden will or the secret will, and there's the revealed will of God. And so first of all, it's kind of weird. It's like, so God keeps secrets. Okay. We need to understand that the secret will of God is what belongs to God and God alone. And maybe we wonder like, why wouldn't God reveal everything? There's a few reasons. One is that God's God and we're not. That there's knowledge right. that it's just for him. And honestly, I'm pretty sure our brains would explode if we knew what God knew. I mean, they would. Like, that's why we don't have yeah. it, right? And then number two is like, where would the trust and the dependence and the need for God be if like we knew it all, if we knew his will, right? And then the revealed will of God is what is ours. Um, There's a verse in Deuteronomy that we go through um, in the book, but it's what belongs to us and our children. So it's what belongs to us here on earth. And that is found in God's word, which is so cool because people are like, what is God's will for my life? What am I supposed to do? How do I make this decision? And I'm like, girl, it's right here. Like it's in God's word. It's accessible to us. Like people back thousands of years ago didn't have this. They didn't have a complete book. Like they maybe heard it read in the synagogues or on the street, but it wasn't complete and we have it. Um, And so God's will is encompassed in those two things. Um, But we talk a lot about in the book too, how God's will really helps us to live with trust. When we know one, that God's secret will is his and his alone, when we trust that he's good and that he has it under control, we're freed up to live, you know, just with more trust. And then two, when we have God's word, we don't have to be afraid of making decisions. Okay. That's a big thing about surrender is that we're like, okay, I'm just going to surrender. But like, how do I make decisions? Like, I want to make sure I'm following God's will for my life, but how do I do that? And it's like, it's really cool that it's right here in God's word for you and that you can make decisions that follow him and honor him that are according to his word, but also know that like when you make a mistake, which you will inevitably, I do it all the time, God will surely redirect you. So I think sometimes that's a paralyzing fear of like, I just don't know what God wants me to do. So I'm not going to do anything. It's like, well, there's faith as long as you're honoring the Lord. And then he surely will help you if there's something like some road bump along the way, you know? (laughs) Yes, that's so good. And the other thing I want you to maybe just unpack is like Bible study for beginners. Like, what does that look like day to day? I know we have a lot of young or new Christians or maybe Christians who have fallen away. Like, what does it even look like to sit 
and I know there's different ways. There's not like this is the formula that only works, but I'd love for you to maybe unpack what you, what you have found and then just some, some tips for our listeners. So my time in Bible school, just love getting to dig deeper in God's word and also just like tell people that like, number one, it's attainable for you. Um, and number two, like it's not far off from you. Like you don't, like you do not have to go to Bible school. You do not have to have a PhD. You do not have to do all these things to get into God's word because it's there for you. And we have a whole chapter on um, just studying God's word and standing on his promises, because that's a big thing about living the life of a disciple, living the surrendered life is God's word is your guidebook and your roadmap. But how are we supposed to follow it if we don't know about it? Right. And so we unpack certain things like really knowing the context of God's word. So using study Bibles, commentaries, and actually like a big tip I would give to people that are maybe like, I'm not sure like how to read the Bible. I I feel overwhelmed by all the resources and tools, like literally like sit with God's word and meditate on his word. Don't have any expectation, but just to be with God, read a verse a day, read a chapter a day. Like there should be no rules to it. I think sometimes we look at other people or we feel like my Bible time with the Lord is not going to be beneficial if I don't read for an hour or if I do not highlight my Bible to the wazoo or if I like am tired, I need to be like so energetic to read the word. Like there are no rules. Like God just wants to be with you and he wants to speak to you. And so I think like that's a tip I would give is just for someone who's maybe overwhelmed. Just like, just know that like God wants to be with you. His word is enough. And like, he will show you because we can use tools. And I recommend a lot of tools in the book too, but like the biggest tool and the biggest thing we should be relying on is the Holy spirit. And so maybe practically sitting down with your word and being like, Lord, I need help. I don't understand this. And I need your spirit to help me and to guide me. Amen. And then Lord, I have a hard time getting your word every day and I'm distracted. And so would you help me carve out even five minutes every day? Right. So just those simple prayers, because a lot of times I think we go so gung ho into our Bible study, which is good, but then we do it without asking the Holy Spirit to help us. And then we're just left like defeated, right? So I think that's a big key that we're often missing. And so sometimes like even today, I was super distracted and I got in my word for like five minutes before an interview before this. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to sit with you for five minutes. I'm going to give you that, you know, help me. I can do anything fancy. And he always comes through in some way. I, I just love your heart. And like you, whether you explain the way you explain things so clearly and beautifully, like, (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. I, one of the things I love to do is just, um, is prayer walk, just like walk around and like pray and stuff. I don't know. Like, and I love you. I love how you said there's just yeah. so many different, um, yeah. just different ways, but also just wanting to be in his presence and that, that, yeah. um, and I think that we don't realize this is the God yeah. of the universe. Like, so no many, no other religion, no other, um, deity has it been like, yeah, I just want to hang out with you. Like it's, it's this, you have to make sacrifices or you have to be holy enough. Yeah, to be clean enough. Like, no, I want you dirty and broken and hungover sometimes. You know what I mean? Like he wants you, he wants your heart and he wants you there. And yeah, I, I just, I don't yeah. think we, we, we don't spend time with him because we don't realize how sacred and special and Unlike any other religion that is, you know? No, I like literally so good. I'm so glad you said that. There's this quote that made me think of when you were talking of, and it was, um, I don't remember who it was, but he said basically like, if I'm not getting in the word, you know, regularly, then I don't recognize the Lordship of the Lord over my life. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, shoot. like that was convicting because if we're not like regularly or, you know, like just really desiring or trying our best to get in the word. And if we just kind of look at it, like it's nothing, or it's like, just kind of to be thrown off to the side, 
we really don't understand who God is because God is the word. The word is God. So we don't understand who he is. And that was so convicting for me because I'm like, if I don't get in the word and have reverence for it, I don't actually understand who my God is. And I'm like, that really, that really got me. Stepping on my toes in all the best ways. <laughs> it's good. It, it, you know, it, it hurts, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Tara, I just love your conversation. I'm excited about your book. Thank I um, We will link on the show notes how we, everyone can find you on Instagram and the book and all that good stuff. I would love for you, however, to answer our million dollar question before you go. And that is, if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? Oh, this is so good. Yeah. Um, maybe this is a cliche answer. I'm sure you've had it on the show before. Um, but I would tell you that you don't have to have it all figured out. It's a good one. And like, just let that be your permission slip. Because when I was 20 something, well, I'm still 20 something, but like when I was like young, like, like just freshly 20, like, especially in that college age, right? Like you may be in a relationship or maybe in college or maybe you're not like you're, there's so many possibilities in your twenties, which is so wild to me. Um, but I had this misconception that I needed to have it all figured out and that I needed to have my career in place. And that twenties was the time where I set that in stone. And then the rest of my life would take off from there. Um, and it really burned me because obviously the Lord threw wrenches in my plans, um, but like good ones. Like, and so it really just reminded me that it's like, I'm being sanctified by the Lord day by day. And that means day by day. And my dad even has this encouragement, which I will give as well. Um, and he's like, you know, I'm a simple man. I just get up every day and I tell the Lord, Lord, I love you. And I'm going to follow you today. He's like, and then I do that every, every day again. He's like, it's not like I love you, Lord, and I'm going to follow you for the next two weeks. He's like, I do it every day because I know that my, my plans are going to change every day. So that's what I would tell you because, you know, from the outside looking in like Katie's life, my life, like you may think, oh, they have it all under control. Like they have their ministry, they have their family, they have their kids, whatever. Like, but no, like we're like things happen every day. And so just to know that like God holds you every day um, and that he has it figured out. Um, and so you can follow him because, because he already does. That's, I love that. Just the, Hey, just today, I'm, I'm just going to make plans today. for today. Yeah. And that's so much yeah. easier to kind of wrap your head around and, and that's biblical too. Like, and it's such a, I think yeah. that's, um, I think I've heard that they do that in recovery. Like we're not, mm-hmm. we're not planning out your 10 years. We're planning out today. That's and true. It, yeah, it's easier to put your head around it. Yeah. Don't put your trust in those five-year plans. Like it's okay to make the plan, but like kind of hold it loosely, put your trust in God because he knows the whole picture and then just live day day by day. It's like way more fun anyway. (laughs) Have those plans with an open hand, as you said. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, Tara, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to get my hands on the book and to share it with everyone else. And I am excited for the, to share this interview. Thank you, Katie. You are a blessing. You are such like a fun, like online big sister. I'm honored that you would share this space with me. So thank you, friend. Of course. I'm so thankful to do it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life, and I will definitely make sure I respond. And thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over 100 episodes interviewing experts and 20-somethings and everyone in between, tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast, and I'm so thankful that you are here.